On the line with us is Sarah DeGia from the California Pan-Ethnic Health Network. Sarah and her organization work to get new labeling law that requires five foreign languages on prescription drugs. Sarah, welcome to the show. Please tell us briefly about your organization. Sure, and thank you so much for having me. Um, so the California Pan-Ethnic Health Network, otherwise known as EPEN, we are a multicultural health advocacy organization, and our focus is on improving the health of communities of color in California. And we have been working on um, this issue for the past couple of years and really happy to know that the bill is um, sitting on the governor's desk, hopefully waiting his um, signature. Great. So do you mind giving us just a little bit of background of AB 1073, which is the drug labeling law? Sure. So the original legislation that looked at this issue, we know that medical adherence among actually English speakers as well as individuals that have limited English proficiency or who don't speak English very well, it's, it has been a problem for many, many years. And the first attempt to look at this was actually in 2007, um, and it directed the Board of Pharmacy to help address um, and have standard patient labels so that people could better understand what their medications were um, asking them to do. Um, but at that time, the political will wasn't strong enough to pass legislation that actually required pharmacies to translate the labels themselves. With the passage of the Affordable Care Act, an additional 1.5 million individuals who have limited English proficiency were, are going to supposedly have access to health care coverage. And so we really felt like it was time to then move forward and make sure that we have those prescription drug labels in other languages as well. So you said supposedly um, with the Affordable Care Act bringing on more um, English, limited English proficiency patients. Did that occur? Have you seen an increase? We have. We, we continue to monitor the numbers. Um, we know that um, among some populations, you know, we're still struggling to get individuals enrolled. I think, you know, it's a challenge. It's a whole new culture um, to, to be required to have health insurance. Um, and, you know, people are still having some challenges in terms of getting enrolled. But, you know, in Medi-Cal, for example, we saw a, a really large number of individuals um, getting that coverage that they needed. Um, and we're also seeing a lot of individuals get enrolled through Covered California, which is California's um, marketplace exchange. We now have, I think, over one, definitely over 1 million individuals. I think it's about 1.3 million who are enrolled through Covered California as well. So wow. we still have a lot of work to do. Um, the estimates showed that about 1.5 million individuals would be limited English proficient. Um, I, I don't have the exact numbers about where we are, but we're definitely doing great. We just we need to you know, keep up the good work. And you chose those five languages how? Yeah, so these five languages were actually chosen by the Board of Pharmacy. They worked with national researchers to develop very standardized, very specific instructions for youth to, you know, help people understand how to take their medications. As I said, it's, I think everyone has a challenge taking their medications at times uh, because sometimes the instructions are just very vague, you know, take once a day. And people don't really have a sense of, should I take it at the same time? Should I take it with food? Should I take it at night? So these national researchers worked with the Board of Pharmacy to develop very standard instructions. Take one in the morning or take one at nighttime. And what they did was they then translated these five, the, the instructions for youth. They translated them 
into the top five languages that were actually based on national language, national numbers, not necessarily California numbers. Um, and so those um, five languages were then, they took the instructions for use, they translated them into the five languages, and they used qualified, you know, competent interpreters um, in kind of a group interpretation setting where, you know, three different people did interpretations. They came together. Um, they talked about the translations to see, you know, how to overcome some of the differences because, you know, people speak different types of dialects um, and from different countries. So they tried to really look at all of those um, dialects and account for them. And then they translated them into the five languages, which are available on the Board of Pharmacy's website. What are the five? Yeah, so the five languages are, it's Chinese, Korean, Russian, Spanish, and Vietnamese. And the only difference in California is that Tagalog, which is a Philippine um, dialect, that's one of the top five languages in California, but it did not hit the national threshold. So that's the only one that's not translated in um, in California. Well, that kind of seems... Yeah, but I think a lot of Tagalog speakers, more Tagalog speakers speak, than other speak English. English. You're right. That's Sarah, true. let me ask you, I'm going to play devil's advocate uh, for a second. What would you like to say to the people that think maybe this is burdensome? Uh, and why five? Why not 30? Why not Latin? Like, why? Sure. Know? No, I, we, um, you know, in terms of this not being necessary, I mean, I think, you know, we're at a point in time, again, where even within California, we have, you know, close to 7 million individuals who don't speak English very well. And we already know, again, that, you know, medical adherence is hard enough for people who speak English. And then you add on language barriers on top of that. And it, what we're really talking about is people's health and people's, you know, quality of life and their well-being. As a physician and as a pharmacist, we want to make sure that our patients, that patients have the best ability to be as healthy as they possibly can. And so, you know, most times the translations are pretty standardized. You know, they're translated once, and then they're available for use, you know, time and time again. So while there may be like a one-time cost to do the translation, over time you're going to make up for that because you may have small tweaks or changes that need to be done over time, but, but really it's one language that's being, you know, translated or a couple languages being translated um, one time or maybe a few times. Um, you know, we would love to have 30 or 200 languages being um, translated we also know that um, we have to kind of take this sometimes, you know, one step at a time. Um, you know, we, we start, we often start in language access with the top, you know, numbers, the, the top, um, the highest number of people that we can reach. And over time, then try to add on to the various different languages. We also oftentimes work in, um, you know, the ability to have interpretation services. So while somebody may not be able to have the written um, translation on their on their prescription drug, with some of the languages that are maybe not as common, um, there are interpretation services. So somebody can help interpret um, the, the, the the label as well. But we, I mean, we would love to have, and we're hoping to over time, you know, make sure that we have more and more translations that are available. So the thought is maybe if we get these top five, as people how easy it is that they'll continue to do more and more. And I just have one question about that. So is it a computer program that just prints out the drug label? 
you had to get translators, but aren't there computer programs that just translate for you? You can flip your computer to Spanish and it says it all in Spanish. And isn't that how they would print out the labels or is it more complicated? So it's probably a little bit more complicated. I think we, um, you know, for, for as we're looking at um, translations, we know that it's actually really good to have somebody who is qualified, who understands how to do um, the right types of translations. A computer, you know, could make mistakes. Hmm. It would be bad if your drug label said, take this with yeah. or bourbon. If it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that would be bad. Or if automatically in a computer, I kind of get what you're talking about, because in any language, you know, I see this in English, there is a certain amount of slang and a computer program isn't going to pick up any nuance. And uh, I would think particularly around medicines and the type of language that you're using is a little bit more complicated. So I could see the need for that. Yeah. So we're, we're hopeful that the, the pharmacies will actually use a human eye to review the translations, um, incorporate them into the computer, and then the computer could then generate them, you know, going forward. Um, that's why we really appreciated the Board of Pharmacies translations that they have available on their website because they were developed by humans. They were developed by these qualified interpreters who talked about them, who really kind of wrestled with some of the nuance. Um, and then, you know, even having those available for, for patients, I think, would be really a, a great step. So we're, we, you know, we, there is flexibility in the legislation for pharmacies to be able to develop the, the translations as they see fit. However, they are still, you know, on the hook for making sure that they're qualified, that they're good quality translations. Sure. Great. Well, we really appreciate the information, uh, Sarah, and we will have uh, this topic up. You can see that at nursetalksite.com or cpehn.org. We really appreciate it, Sarah. We'll be right back to talk about why nurses are lining up in support of presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. You're listening to Nurse Talk Radio.